I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 149, in which I get ready for Lancaster, and I'm recording this on Sunday, March 9th, 2014. I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Any new listeners out there, hurrah! Any uh, listeners who have been around for a while, thank you especially for your patience and your persistence. Welcome to the episode. I have just a couple of announcements first, and then I'm going to do my um, one of my monthly mistakes to learn from, because even though I wrote up a list of those mistakes several months ago, I just had this one happen to me again <laughs> this week, so apparently I'm not learning from my own mistakes very quickly. And then I've got actually a boatload of a Sandy update, so I'm not going to be, um, I thought I might do a book review this week, but I've decided I'm going to hold off on that, because... I've got a lot to get done still today, and I don't want to spend the rest of my afternoon podcasting, nor do you want to spend an inordinate amount of time listening to me. So we will go ahead and get started. First, I'd like to start out with just a short announcement from a friend of mine. Hi, I'm Very Lazy Daisy, and I'd like to invite you to participate in the Lazy Daisy Quilts 2014 UFO Challenge. I want to celebrate my birthday this year in a very special way by giving away a quilt. To win that quilt, all you have to do is finish a UFO and share a picture. The rules are simple. It needs to be a UFO you've started before 2014 and that you finish before June 11th, 2014. Visit me at ldq.outlandishthreads.com for a link to the Flickr group. And in the meantime, go quilt something. There's a quilt to be won. Thank you, Daisy. It was really entertaining, actually. Um, Daisy had emailed me and several other podcasters asking if we could help spread the word about her giveaway. And I said, why don't you record me something? And and she did. And we decided to see how it would work. And I really enjoyed being able to have Daisy's voice herself announcing her giveaway on my podcast. So thank you very much for doing that, Daisy. And everybody else, let this be your motivation to get at least one, if not several more, UFOs done in the next couple of months. Happy pre-birthday, Daisy. Um, I will have some information about the Lancaster Meetup, but I'm probably going to do it through my blog because I have not had time yet today to put to de- together everybody's schedules. Um, I have heard from, I think, just about everybody that I knew were going to be there and maybe a couple of extras. Um, I might be able to find a common time for most of us. We're not going to be able to get everybody. And I did have someone suggest a good potential meeting spot. So I just need to dig back through all those emails and come up with that. And I will post something um, For those of you who don't have texting, uh, I will probably only give you one single phone call at some point. Uh, Everybody else, you might get some texts from me. So that's where I stand with that. And I'm really looking forward to it because there are apparently going to be a bunch of us there. Uh, So I'm looking forward to meeting up with folks at Lancaster. So here is my monthly mistake to learn from. If you recall, if if you're not a new listener, you know that in 2014, I decided it might be kind of entertaining and in keeping with the theme of my podcast to do 12 mistakes that I've made that you can learn from. And I'm doing one each month. I'm not really doing them on a particular week each month. I'm just trying to remember to do one each month. Um, My mistake to learn from this month is don't 
keep going when your sewing machine doesn't sound right. <laughs> I, I am, oh man, I can't tell you the number of times I've had this happen to myself. And the last time it happened, I swore I was never going to let it happen again. And of course it happened again this week where I'm sewing along and I'm sewing along and I just hear something that, geez, that just does not sound right, but I'm sure it'll fix itself or I'm sure it's nothing. I don't know what goes in my head, but I keep plowing along until finally either I start getting an error message or my machine just stops <laughs> and says, would you just knock it off, stop making me sew, and look at me and tell me what I'm doing wrong. And um, this time it was getting a huge thread nest and tangle on the reverse of what I was working on. Uh, fortunately, in this case, I was very, very easily able to fix it. Usually that means, you know, going back and um, doing a little bit of unpicking, as some people call it. Uh, some other people call it frogging, ribbit, ribbit, or unsewing or reverse sewing. Um, in other words, ripping out everything you just did. In this case, when it happened to me this week, I was actually able to just sew over it, but I can't really go into a whole lot more detail than that because it has to do with something that somebody has not yet seen. Um, you know, and I don't know why I do that but I keep doing it. I, you know, I guess you get in the zone, you get in the groove, you're kind of jazzed by what you're seeing happening on top of the surface and you don't really want to admit to yourself might be what might be going on underneath it. So if something just doesn't sound right in your sewing machine, learn from my recurring mistake and stop and just stop and <laughs> pull out what you're sewing on and check out what's actually happening. So that's my mistake to learn from. Come on, fess up. You've all done it, I'm sure. So my stand Sandy update this weekend, I am thrilled to report that I actually really, truly have an update. I've got a lot that I've managed to get done this weekend. Now, partly this was the first weekend in a while that I really didn't have anything going on or I wasn't recovering from anything. Plus, I always work best to a deadline. When I say to myself, well, I'd really like to kind of get thus and so done, thus and so done by thus and so time, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But if I have a hard deadline, like I know if I don't get it done now, it's not going to get done for a while, or if, you know, if it's a gift that has to get to somebody or whatever. Even in work, I think I've talked about this in past episodes, I work to a deadline. If my supervisor asks me to do something, or if I have an idea to do something, um, I have to put it on my calendar with a deadline or else it just doesn't get done. And so this weekend, um, what I ended up doing was just in my head, I had, I need to get these things done before I go to Lancaster because I'm not going to be around next weekend. And then once I get into the end of March and April, um, et cetera, my weekends do start getting a little bit busier and my work life certainly cranks up. I've got a lot of nighttime conference calls the rest of this month. And when I'm on a conference call, I can't also be sewing because I'm, well, first of all, we've gotten in this really bad habit of doing video conference calls so now people can see what I'm doing and they want to see their staff person actually paying attention to the conference call and not doing any number of other things. Um, plus, I'm often taking notes for myself or I'm monitoring the technological end of the conference call and making sure everybody can hear and kind of having to mute people if there's background noise, all that kind of stuff. So I can't multitask. I really, when I'm on a conference call, I'm just on a conference call. I can't be doing anything else. And I've got a lot of those this month. So I cannot depend on me getting things done on any sort of regular timetable for the next several weeks. So I really, this was kind of my do or die weekend on a few different things. And I am thrilled to say that I did 
get them done. Um, at least those things for which I had some really big deadlines in my head. Uh, the first thing is I did get my disappearing um, pinwheel completed and it's off to the local quilt shop. I, uh, for long arm silvers uh, servicing and my local quilt shop, by the way, is a 40 minute drive. So <laughs> when I, when I was timing myself this weekend, they close at three o'clock on a Saturday, which meant I knew I needed to be done absolutely no later than two to give myself time to get down there, um, and drop them off and, you know, time. Cause for the next project, I also had to buy some backing fabric while I was there and that kind of thing. So, um, I knew I had to be done by two o'clock on Saturday and God dang it, if I wasn't out the door at 10 of two. So not only did I meet my deadline, I beat it by 10 minutes. I was thrilled. Uh, so I did get the disappearing pinwheel off. Um, I had already bought backing fabric and borders for that a while back. Actually, even before I had the blocks finished, I think, um, because I had a whole lot more border fabric than I really needed. And I think if I recall at the time, that I found the border fabric. I thought I might be adding blocks. I thought I might end up making a larger quilt. So I've got a boatload of this fabric left, but it's it's a nice fabric. It's a batik. It's very pretty. So it's not one I mind having. I think I've got like a half yard of it left, which, you know, probably isn't a boatload, but it was much more than I needed. Um, so that's in my stash now waiting for another day, which is nice. And I had more of the backing fabric than I needed, but that's just a nice um, sort of a aqua turquoisey sort of blue modeled so it's a great stash fabric and that's just a hundred percent cotton so very very uh flexible so i got the backing piece for that and i got the borders on it that i i got done friday night and then saturday i went to um my husband and i went over to my in-laws his parents house for breakfast and we took separate cars. We have a running joke in our family that our goal is to always take as many cars as humanly possible to a single location because <laughs> we've actually had times when all four of us, my husband, me, and my two kids have all come from different directions and converged on a single family event with four cars. You know, you would think we'd figure this out better, but we're just, we're scattered often. And in this case, um, I didn't want to drag my husband out of you know, his parents' house before he was ready to go. And I knew I had some things I needed to get done. So um, rather than skipping breakfast altogether, because I, I try not to do that when I can, I try not to just skip the, you know, the opportunity to be around folks in my family uh, just because I've got errands to run or whatever. Um, so I did go, but I knew I needed to leave at a certain time. So I took my own car and I stayed, I was there a little over an hour, I think, which was nice. Um, it was just the four of us, so it was pretty quiet. And then I scooted out, got to the post office, finally got Sarah's fabric in the mail. So you should be getting it in a couple of days if you listen to this right as I post it. Um, and a couple of other things I had to get in the mail. And then I just scooted home. I was home by 10, 45, 11 o'clock, I think. And I just buckled right down. Now, fortunately, having breakfast at my in-law's I had a big breakfast. My mother-in-law had bought a Danish. She made me scrambled eggs. She had made me a yogurt thing to start out with. So I had eaten a lot of breakfast, which meant I could work straight through lunch. So um, I put inner border and outer borders on Scrapitude, got everything done. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't want to do a backing for that. I just didn't have enough fabric at home. And it finished to something like 98 inch square by the time I got my borders on. And um, so I just decided I was going to buy the local quilt shop has a very nice selection of 108 inch fat back um, fabrics. 
So I decided I'm just going to, you know, buy that when I get down there. And I, I did find a very nice backing for that as well. Um, I did, I have post uh, pictures that'll go up on my blog probably later tonight. Um, I think I'm going to post my weekend update, you know, with photos and everything. And so Scrapitude will be on there and the Disappearing Pinwheel will be on there. And I talk a little bit about the choices I made for the border. So you'll see that there as well. Um, the border has a particular motif in it that I was working around, which is why the quilt ended up much bigger than I expected it to be, because I have this kind of a widish border, but it, it does work well because the quilt itself is big anyway, so it's not like the border is outsized. So I was able to jump in the car and run down, um, well, 40 minutes worth of a drive through backcountry roads, which actually I kind of enjoy the drive. It's kind of a nice area to drive through. And um, got there at uh, 2.40 and they close at 3. <laughs> So I was able to drop off both quilts, talk to her, uh, the woman who was receiving them at the desk um, about what I wanted. And I'm just going straight pantograph with both, which again, I talk about on my blog. Um, and then I also bought the backing fabric for my Ami Sims class at Lancaster. I had a fabric set aside but I, from my stash, but I really wasn't happy with it. I didn't have anything in my stash that was really jazzing me as a background fabric for this um, particular project. So I ended up finding one down there and I'm I'm pushing my own personal boundaries a little bit with the background fabric for that. So I'll probably talk about that more um, after I'm back from Lancaster and I've actually made the project. I'll know whether I like my end results or not. The Ami Sims class is a string quilt. And so um, she had said in her fabric cutting supplies that you could uh, use with the fabric or you could use fat quarters. And I realized I had enough and I... I don't think I've talked about this in a podcast episode. I might have, perhaps. I'm sorry. Stop me if you've heard this before um, or just fast forward about 30 seconds. But I had a bunch of African um, and perhaps other ethnic, I've, a bunch of fat quarters that are various ethnic type um, fat quarters. And then I had almost enough for her fabric requirements. So I threw in a few batiks I have that really work with the same vibe. They're not standard batiks, they're more art batik type thing, things, and they have similar um, feel to them. And I've really been looking for a good project to use all of these in anyway, and I thought, you know, this might be a fun way to do that. Um, and I'm sort of thinking if I like the way this turns out, this might become a gift. Uh, the, the Disappearing Pinwheel quilt I'm thinking I haven't fully decided yet again I want to see it completely done um the uh friend of mine the the mother and daughter who just got their well the the daughter got her citizenship last month I had tweeted some photos of that when I went to the their ceremony and the mother is getting her citizenship this coming week and I'm going to be attending that ceremony on my way out of town to Lancaster <laughs> it worked out just perfectly that her um her ceremony is in the morning, so my friend and I are going to go to her ceremony, and then we're going to leave from there and pick up our other friend on the way down to Lancaster, so that worked well. Um, so, you know, normally I would give each of them, you know, the people whose uh, citizenship ceremonies I've attended in the past, only a couple so far, uh, but I made, you know, little, I posted a picture of a quilty postcard I made for one. The other one was several years ago, and I'm sure on my blog somewhere is the is a picture of what I made for her, which I love. That's still been my favorite. Um, she's a good friend of mine, though, so I, I put a lot more, um, I, had, I hate to say this, I put a lot more energy into hers than I did the other one, because she's a close personal friend. Um, 
this pair, mother-daughter, I was really struggling with what to do, and, and I didn't want to do just kind of a standard postcard, because I'm also very close to this family, but nothing was jazzing me, and I finally decided, you know what, I've already got projects in the works that I know they would enjoy. They may not be patriotic, but they would simply be gifts. So the disappearing pinwheel might go to the daughter, because it's a nice lap-size quilt, um, so it's something she, it's in colors I think she would love, and I think it's something she would enjoy being able to curl up under, and she's going to, she's talking about anyway, moving um, away from home out of state uh, when she graduates with her associates in May, so it would be nice for her to have something, you know, of me that she can bring with her. And then I'm thinking maybe the Amisim string quilt uh, is a star, big old star block, all with these string pieces, and um, this mother is from uh, Republic of Congo, so they are um, African from heritage, and so it would be a great way perhaps to use all of these African fabrics, but not in a very distinctly, you know, gee, I'm trying to be African way. It's it's a traditional American-style quilt, but with the, the African fabrics in it, so I think that might be kind of nice um, to give to her, but again, I'm waiting to see how it turns out and whether I actually like it. Um, and the other thing is you don't actually use up all of the fat quarter because, again, it's a string quilt. So I'm cutting like a two-inch strip here, an inch and a half, or an inch strip there. Um, so I don't know how much of these fat quarters I'm actually going to use up. I would love to be able to use them all. So, And I think by the time you get the whole thing done, and then the borders, if you piece a scrappy border, and then, of course, I could piece a back, I might be able to use up at least most of it, which would be nice. Um, so let's see. I actually just veered off into the other part that I got done this weekend. So let's see, I got my disappearing pinwheel off into the long, long, long arm quilter. I got scrappitude off to the long arm quilter. Um, and I got my fabrics all cut for the Ami Sims class in Lancaster and everything sorted out a few. I don't have to bring a ton of supplies because um, they've got sewing machines and such there, uh, but there are a few supplies. So I've got that all um, bagged up and ready to go, and I've got all of my supplies for my dye class um, bagged up and ready to go um, and set by the back door. So I'm hoping to actually get my car packed tomorrow so I'm not running around madly Tuesday morning. If all I can put in on Tuesday morning is my suitcase and then hit the road, I'm good. Um, I am still working on the postcard for the postcard swap. I set it aside so that I could get the borders and everything done first. But now that that's all done, I've got um, just one more thing. I, I've got some fabric I want to cut up for the dye class. We, I bought the kit that Frida Anderson supplies for her dye class so that I knew I had enough fabric. Um, and then I went down to my basement and realized, geez, I've got 10 yards of PFD down there that I'd kind of forgotten I'd bought before I wasn't down in my dye studio for a while. Um, so I'm going to cut that down into uh, smaller chunks so that I can have some extra because it sounds like the way the class is set up, you do the official dyeing by the class mostly in the morning, but then you might have some time in the afternoon to do some extra stuff. And so I'm going to just bring some more fabric with me and, and play with probably mixing whatever leftover dyes, you know, I've got from the earlier portion and just throw it together. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to bring a ton of fabric with me, but um, probably just cut up some more fat quarters. So I've got to get that done. And then I'm going to go back and, and finish off, hopefully, the last couple of pieces of that postcard, because I'd really like to have that postcard done by the end of tonight, too. The X factor for me is my son may or may not be coming over for dinner, and if my son doesn't come for dinner, I'm not going to bother cooking dinner. But if he does come for dinner, I probably will cook dinner, and that will wipe out the rest of my afternoon. <laughs> so I don't really know exactly how much time I'm going to have 
the rest of the day. Um, the other thing I would kind of really like to get done this weekend if I could, but I'm probably now getting into the realm of really pushing it, uh, is Daisy's getting the binding on Daisy's quilt. My daughter would really like to have it at school. She's home this week, but she will be leaving to go back to school, I think, before I get back from Lancaster. So if she's going to take it back to school with her now, I'd have to have it done before I'm gone. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to manage that. It's not a huge deal if I don't. She's only got a few weeks left of school before she's home for the summer or getting an apartment and a you know, job or whatever else she does, but she'll have to come home between anyway. So if I don't get it done this weekend, you know, I'm not going to sweat it. But boy, I guess just right now I'm in the zone of finish it and get it out of my sewing room. It would be nice to, to get that done, mark it as finished and move on. So we'll see whether I can manage to get that done as well. So that's my update. I, you know, I've been been trucking this weekend. Oh, and the other, just a little thing I did is I finally, um, I think I have my sewing room really uh, in the order, the furniture arranged the way I would like to have it arranged. My iron was still on the other side of the room from my old setup, which means nothing to you because none of you have been in my <laughs> sewing room. But what it meant for me was um, it was kind of a long walk from my sewing room machine to the ironing board, which normally doesn't bother me because normally, you know, you do a lot of pressing, then you take it over your cutting table, you cut it, and then it's either on your design wall or on a small board or whatever, however you manage it from there. Um, to get up and press seams, I was kind of doing a bunch all at once, so it didn't bother me that much. But um, I was doing a technique um, recently that required pressing every single dang seam. And so I finally set up my little craft table and little portable iron next to my sewing machine. So I was just turning from one side to the other. I had a little cutting table on one side and then the iron on the other. And so I was just swiveling back and forth in my chair for that particular project. Normally I do prefer to get up and move because it makes you get up and move. Um, but I really wanted my ironing board closer to my cutting table. And so I, I moved some stuff around this afternoon so I could finally get that all set up. And it really pretty much now I think is in its final position. I just now have to move some stuff around because now where the ironing board is, I'm likely to hit some of my rulers hanging on the wall with overspray for my spray starch. And I'm not sure over time that would be really good. <laughs> so I just need to rearrange how I've got some stuff hung on the wall um, to protect from that. And that's, you know, just a minor detail that probably isn't all that interesting to any of you, except I, you know, it's fun for me to finally feel like my sewing room is kind of set up in a really efficient, effective, workable fashion for me. Um, I was able to, for example, today while I was cutting my fabrics for Lankster, I had to press all, I think I cut 24 different fat quarters, um, you know, again, a strip out of each. So it took a while, but I had to press them all first. So I'm pressing and then going to my cutting board and pressing and going to my cutting board and having them right next to each other was very handy. And then I was able to set my computer monitor up on my cutting table and watch the quilt show <laughs> while I was doing all of that. So it was, it was much more, um, much less mind numbing, I guess I would say that kind of cutting. So that was nice. And what that ends up meaning is actually, I've got a little bit of space now in my sewing room where I could put like a smallish, not a really big one, but a smallish armchair. So I could have a nice place either um, for me to sit and read quilting books or just like I do a lot of professional reading for work. And since this is my home office, it would be kind of nice to have an armchair I could sit in to do my professional reading. Um, 
Or, as I was joking with my daughter uh, this weekend when she kept saying, Mommy, I'm home from spring break. Am I ever going to see you? I'm like, no, I've got too much to do. <laughs> which, which I know flies in the face of what I just said about trying not to avoid being with people because I have errands to run. But I spent all last weekend with my daughter. So I'm not minding so much this weekend saying, you know what? See you later. And we did go out to dinner last night. We went to the mall last night. So I'm still spending time with her. But I was joking with her that, gee, if I can get an armchair for my sewing room, you could come up and hang out in my sewing room with me while I'm doing this other stuff. And she actually sounded like she thought that might be fun. So um, I am now going to be keeping an eye out for, you know, a just right size armchair that I can put in my sewing room. Um, so that is really pretty much all of my update. I do have some listener feedback. I'm going to, uh, oops, and you just heard me opening my email. And now you're hearing me getting emails now that I've got it opened up. Um, I had a couple of people email me about, uh, if you remember, I was talking about some, one of my listeners had mentioned Burke Fabrics. It's actually Burke Holder Fabrics, B-U-R-K-H-O-L-D-E-R-S, but their their website is burkefabric.com. And two or three people have now suggested we go see it. So I'm going to um, write down the address and have it with me and see whether my friends do want to go uh, visit that fabric store. Um, unfortunately, uh, Kitty was one of the ones who mentioned it and said she's not going to actually be able to be with us in Lancaster. She normally goes, but she's going to be in Florida for the month of March. Um, so sorry, Kitty. Sorry that we're going to miss you. But again, thank you for the, um, the reference to the quilt shop, the fabric shop. Um, I'm trying to sort through those that were people giving me their cell phone numbers for the meetup. Uh, I want to say thank you to, um, boy, did I already refer to this one? Hang on, I've got to pause just a minute. Sorry, I guess I didn't already refer to this one. It just, um, I got it almost immediately after posting my last episode, so I was kind of questioning myself. I want to say thank you to Strange Angel, who, um, left a comment on my blog about the uh, where I gave the class review of the complete knife skills with Brendan McDermott. And she was asking whether if you just click on one of the Craftsy links without purchasing, does that help me? Um, and yes, it, it does. Um, and so I appreciate your concern for that. She was she wanted to make sure she was supporting my blog, and I really appreciate that. So yes, just clicking on one of those Craftsy links or on the... Um, the banner on the the side of the page or wherever you might happen to see a craftsy thing. Yes, that even just that click does help support the blog and the podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you again to Engineer Sandy for leaving your comment on episode 147. And she does um, say that she also uses the shape cut for the fleece blanket fringe. Thank you to Christy uh, for your comment on episode 148, in which we get lit, which, by the way, took a couple of people a minute to figure out the the <laughs> what, what the play on words was, but that's okay. Um, that was all on Twitter. Christy also says that she needs to improve the lighting in her quilt area. She says, now that I've hit 45, I realize my eyes aren't performing as well as they once did. Um, and she says she also realizes she needs to get reading glasses. Glad I'm not the only one experiencing this. Yes, welcome to your 40s. Um, and she also said that she was one that was hoping I would post the list early for quilty resolutions, which I then rest people about short-term memory loss. Um, Thank you to Jill uh, for her comment on episode 148, and she does also say that she will be at Lancaster. 
so I will make sure I add you, I'm trying to tag your email now that I'm looking at it, um, to my list and make sure I get everybody's contact information so we can figure out where we can all see each other. Thank you to Helen who left her comment on Scrapitude Final Reveal and she says, um, nice looking quilt. I do my sashing the same way you do on two sides of each block that keeps all the blocks nicely lined up. And it really does. I do like doing my sashing that way for the way that it helps keep everything lined up in the center of the quilt. It does, however, mean you have to do a little figuring out when you get to the sashing triangles, uh, the setting triangles on the side, because I think I already talked about this. Some of them you put sashing on one side or the other side or both sides, depending on where it falls, um, compared to where you've already sewn sashing on a block. So just be aware that you got to lay it out because it's, you know, you, you just have to kind of, well, for me anyway, I have to visualize it. Maybe some people would just naturally be able to logic it out. I had to actually look at it lying on the floor to figure out what to um, attach where. Um, thank you to Linda, who is also going to be trying to meet up with us. Thank you to Carol uh, for her comment on my blog about some unexciting hand dyeing. She says, do you realize how hard it is to good find a good foggy white? <laughs> Most quilt shops don't carry anything close. And, you know, it's true. I, I was joking on um, that blog about one of the, I was using really, 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 really old dye and just kind of using it up. So I wasn't, I didn't have any real expectations at all from that dye batch. Um, but one of my, I was doing some graded black with one set and I came out with what I referred to as a foggy white. It's basically white that's sort of just got a hint of grayish in it. Um, but you know, I, I don't look at that as a failure and it's not necessarily something I'm going to over dye. There really are, there are so many ways to use lights of any type that sometimes it'll be really nice to have one that's got a bit of a grayish cast to it. Um, so I'm, it's on my shelf. It is definitely a usable fabric. And, uh, Carol also asks if I'm going to be tweeting the highlights and I will do what I can. I'm going to be, like I said, I'm going to be spending two full days in classes. So my, um, ability to tweet much during those times will be a bit limited, but I will certainly tweet, I'm sure, during the week. Um, it's a lot of fun to see all that good stuff and share it with my Twitter friends. Um, thank you to everybody who commented on the blog post in which I um, posted the pictures of the wonderful quilty treats that my husband brought me home from his recent business trip to Alaska, to Noni and Sandy of Quilt Cabana Corner and Carol and Jody. And um, yeah, my husband's a keeper. Uh, I do have to say he didn't actually pick out those fabrics. I, I had told him, you know, go in and just tell them you're looking for stuff for your wife and you'd like some help. They would love to help you. And um, pretty much that's what he did. He, they, uh, one of the women, he was kind of looking around a little bit and one of the staff people came over to talk to him and um, gave him you know, he said she's really into quilting, but she tends to like to do different kinds of stuff, not really the traditional kind of stuff. And so she was the one that, that picked out kind of here's what she thinks she would like and went for the batiks. And they are done by um, Alaskan designers. So they're they're Alaskan themed, but they're not like hunting and fishing kind of things. Although I believe there's fish on some. There's birds. Um, but they're nice. They're arty kinds of stuff. So I really do like those fabrics. Um I have no idea what I'm going to do with them at this point. I've just got them now neatly put away, but I really enjoyed um, getting them. And my husband does actually have really, really good taste. He's often bought me gifts over the years that are just beautiful. So I appreciated that. 
thank you to Tori and um, Ozzy Pip for their comments on my <laughs> on my recent blog post about new comment on weekend plans, uh, where I listed what I was hoping to get done this weekend. And they both were also hoping to get some work done on the disappearing pinwheel, but they weren't entirely sure. Tori said she might bring her disappearing pinwheel to Lancaster to get some opinions on her border fabric, and we are all about giving opinions. So we would love to see it, Tori. Bring it along, and you will get any number of opinions, I'm sure. Sometimes three opinions from one person. And Ozzy Pip was also... Um, trying to get her disappearing pinwheel quilted, but she's away at meetings and will probably have very, very limited quilting time, if any. Uh, and Aussie Pip, I feel that, so <laughs> I certainly understand, but don't worry, you will eventually get it done. Um, and thank you to Kathy and Christy, who both uh, commented on my blog post about what I'm working on in a 2014 Quilty Resolution Spreadsheet, where indeed I did, Christy, post the Resolution Spreadsheet, and she said thank you. Um, and yeah, I, I mentioned in that blog post that I was feeling way overwhelmed by suddenly the number of projects I had going at once. And that was part of, I think, what lit a fire under me this weekend to just blast through and get as much done as I could. And it feels so good to have that disappearing pinwheel and scrapitude out of my sewing room. I know they'll come home to roost and I'll have to put binding on them, but that is so nothing... <laughs> I don't mind doing binding. I actually, you know, to a certain degree, I kind of enjoy it because it means I'm about done. Um, a lot of people hate binding. I actually don't mind doing it. So uh, that'll be good. I am, of course, very aware of the fact that I'm taking a class in Lancaster that will then once again result in another UFO that yet I have to finish. But um, I'm hoping that we get enough of it done while we're there that finishing it doesn't feel onerous. We'll see. Um, and then I had to put a point out. I, I, I was just looking at my list of where I keep all my comments that I want to respond back to. And I had Ami Sims in there. I'm like, boy, Ami Sims hasn't commented on my blog. But then I realized why I put, she had emailed all of us who were taking her class in Lancaster. Um, I got an email from her this morning. All of the students just wanted to check in with you. Make sure you don't have any questions about the fabric selection or the, the cutting. Let me know. I have to tell you, I have taken how many classes now? In-person classes. I'm not referring to the craftsy ones, but in-person classes where I have never heard from the teacher before the class, other than, you know, they send the supply list and they might say there, you know, hey, contact me if you have any questions, but you never hear from them if you don't contact them. This is the first time I've ever gotten an email from a teacher. And I know what Ami Sims has going on and how busy she is. I've really, really appreciated that. So I mentioned on previous episodes, the main reason I'm taking this class in Lancaster is so that I can have the experience of taking a class with Ami Sims because I thoroughly enjoy her newsletter. I enjoy um, what I've seen of her and lectures and that kind of thing. I've heard that she's a very good teacher, so I, I just decided, well, I'll take the class. I you know Whether or not I enjoy the project is sort of immaterial. I just want to have the experience of having a class with Ami Sims. And man, she's already impressed me because again, that's the first time I've gotten an email from a teacher before a class just checking in. And I really, really appreciated that. Um, so this is already before taking the class and I will let you know again after I'm home how I really feel. Um, but I have to say right now, I would highly recommend if you've got a chance to take a class with Ami Sims, take it. And I did end up at, at first, I didn't have any questions, but then once I got into the cutting, I did end up emailing her a question um, about whether I should do a little bit more if I was able to. And she's like, she did email me back within a couple of hours and said, no, just do, you know, exactly what's 
on the thing. Don't worry about cutting ahead, even if you've got the time to do it, because we'll be talking about some of that in class, which I kind of figured. Um, but mostly <laughs> I was just trying to get out of having to pack all this uncut fabric in case we cut it while I was there. Um, so anyway, that's all my listener feedback. And I think that's all I'm going to do this episode. Um, I don't mind having a shorter than usual episode because I do want to get this posted and done. Next week, Sunday, I am really hoping to be able to share with you another conversation with Jay. As you know, if you've been listening for a while, I had uh, we had an opportunity to record three all in one weekend. <laughs> and so I've been kind of working off those three. This is the last of the three. Uh, the problem is I do have to have the time to actually get it posted and I'm running out of time. I've only got one more night home before I have to leave. So um, I'm really hoping to get that done. Jay, don't worry. I will shoot you an email one way or the other uh, so that you know whether or not you need to get your blog post ready because Jay always does these really wonderful, amazing blog posts to go with those episodes. Uh, so hopefully you can be ready for that, but it may not happen. So we'll just see <laughs> How that works. Um, I want to say thank you so much to everybody for listening to this episode. I know it might seem a bit frazzled and scattershot and like it's not as organized as usual. And that's just because my mind is still cycling through everything I have left that I want to get done before I leave. Um, so you're kind of getting sandy, raw, and unplugged, I guess, <laughs> if, if I'm permitted to say that. In any case, you do know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, which I would really recommend, especially this week, because I really will be trying to tweet from Lancaster, including photos of the meetups. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, and Flickr, and Goodreads, all of those places. I'm Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us group page on Facebook. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group, and I really would ask you to. Um, and you will also find links to the I'm sorry, you won't find links, but there are a Scrappitude Flickr group and there are a Disappearing Pinwheel Flickr group, which if you go to the Quilting for the Rest of Us group, you might find links for those two there. Um, and of course, you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Kiva, the team on Kiva, and do good all over the world. And you will find links for most of that, as I've already said, at the um, at my website at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.